Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam and Rhiannon and myself. We actually kind of started the show without even mm-hmm. uh, starting the show. So here we are. We're ready. Do you guys have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, we already got through the Hawkeye breakdowns and all that, man. So <laughs> we went for 45 minutes before we realized we did the No, that's not well, mostly we just like revealed all kinds of stuff that Adam wasn't supposed to share. And, uh, you know, glad you don't have to worry about editing that out. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of crazy. Right. Hope our Patreons enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great Thanksgiving. I actually hosted for the first time in my own place. Uh, my friends came over. We did Friendsgiving. I got to stay in New York City for the whole, like, I didn't have to travel for Thanksgiving, which made it so much better. Um, I went out and I saw the Macy's balloons live. That's right. Uh, I didn't go to the parade itself. I went like the night before where you could see the balloons just like all um, yeah, a few blocks, uh, which is totally the way to do it. It's also super cold, isn't it? Huh? Going to the actual parade can be very cold sometimes, isn't it? It can be. This year was really nice. Like, it would have been a great year to go to the parade, but there's also um, children. I mean, the other event had children, too. But I tend to, like, choose my events on where I expect the least children. (laughs) Um, No, I just... No, what really swayed it for me is, like, what I really enjoy about watching the parade on TV is, like, seeing the Broadway shows and stuff that they have. And all of that you don't really see if you go to the parade. Like, you don't see those musical performances. I I learned that once by going to New Year's Eve. Like, the people there at New Year's Eve don't actually get to see all those performances that you see on TV for real. Um, Or, you know, I would say, like, 95% of them don't. Um, So, anyways... I, I just wanted to go see the balloons. Yeah. When you say New York children, at what age do they start saying like, I'm walking here and like, <laughs> forget about it. Like, well, what age does that enter the, like, are there just a bunch of little New York Hellions running around the streets saying this type of stuff? Or is that like hey, 12 and above? I, I avoid children. So I couldn't really give you a definitive answer. I'm always very impressed by New York kids. Like when you visit, like you'll sometimes see like daycares and they're doing like day trips and they always have like this long string that has like little handles on it and they'll have 20 kids all like holding on to the little handles on the string, like in a line. And it's supposed to be for safety, but there's nothing strapping that kid to that like line. They're just holding on to it. And the fact that they don't run into traffic they learn at a very young age how to respect rules of pedestrians. I find New York City children very impressive. Yeah, there's like a daycare or something near me, and I see them out. Like, evidently, they walk a couple blocks, and there's like a, a few blocks that are closed off and pedestrian use only, and they use that as like their playground. So a lot of times I walked by while they were moving the children back and forth, and they don't even have that string. Just the kids just behave and do what they're told and don't get run over. The first time I saw a daycare going into a subway for like a day (gasps) trip, I was like, I'm not taking 15 (laughs) kids onto a subway, but they were doing it and making it work. So interesting. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's get into stuff. Uh, Today, we're basically talking Spider-Man and Hawkeye. Uh, I think that we have not talked since the Spidey trailer hit. Also, tickets have gone on sale and some other things. Uh, we had started this conversation already. Did you guys brave the ticketing fiasco last night and actually get your tickets? Oh, I, I got my tickets, but I, I don't stay up late. So I got them at like four o'clock this morning um, and probably would have gotten earlier. Well, so so I'm not going to be in New York for the day that Spider-Man comes out. So I imagine it was much easier for me to get tickets. I got them through... I'm going to the Grand Theater. So I have IMAX tickets, like third or fourth row. Uh, Not as good as I had wanted, but... um, And if I ditched my friend that's going with me and just been able to get a single seat, I could have gotten a really good one. But this is me not ditching my friend. Uh, And I have tickets. IMAX, 6.30 p.m. on the 16th. Were you guys lucky enough? I was. I, um... I'm just trying to wonder, Rhiannon, if I need to edit out, like you've just given your the, the name and location and time. There's there's I'm more. I didn't I didn't say where. There's more than one the Grand Theater. 
There, okay. It's a chain. It's a chain okay. in like okay. multiple states. <laughs> I mean, even still, no find me, whatever. I'll be the one screaming her head off when that Murdoch comes on screen. So, and then the optional thing, I put my social in, which was one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, how'd it uh, go for you? I did. So, so it's crazy. Um, like the later showings are near sold out here in Cedar Rapids, <gasps> which is insane. Which I always say, oh, there's there's never sold out. Uh, the 3 p.m. is wide open, though, which is insane. This is like they're following Black Friday now, right? It used to always be Black Friday and you'd wake up at midnight for the midnight premiere or whatever, right? But then it went to 7 p.m. previews and then it went to 5 and now it's 3 p.m. Um, so I'll be at the 3 p.m. showing, um, and then probably later on um, again when Kelsey gets off work. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't told her I didn't buy her a ticket yet. She- <gasps> but I will be at the movie. I will be at Spider-Man. Um, and yeah, so I'm going twice on the 16th. I might go on on the Friday, which is what the 17th or whatever. But a second time. But yeah, I got it. It's crazy um very haphazard to release tickets at midnight or 11 p.m eastern time um and it still managed to break every single website i think uh bd tweeted that flickster was working fine um which is news to me because i thought flickster was like one of the dot-com bubble web <laughs> websites or something like that and i thought that was long gone since like the days of napster and stuff yeah it's like a myspace era <laughs> right so uh, apparently flickster's still around and bunch of people got tickets there because no one knew they were still around and they got tickets but amc crashed regal crashed almo draft house crashed fandango of course crashed. yeah adam i think yeah hmm. yeah so crash i set an alarm and i fell asleep watching the football game and woke up to my alarm and it was a bad idea because i am half asleep trying to use the showcase cinemas like app Long story short, I now have two sets of tickets. I have one set at 3.30 at a regular theater, and then I have another set at a more reasonable time in the IMAX because our local cinema didn't list the IMAX until like 10 o'clock this morning. They just couldn't get around to making the schedule, I guess. Uh, It all strikes me as very weird. Like, as you said, Adam, why you do this at midnight on Sunday after Thanksgiving? Like, I was thinking surely like fandango and these companies had to have extra staff on hand right to help i was about to say release big stuff like this when your it crew is working exactly i can reach it via slack it's insane they weren't prepared for this it's not like they just the surprise dropped right can you imagine getting the phone call two weeks ago uh, hey, Bill, I know it's Thanksgiving and um, I know it's Sunday night and I know it's midnight, but we're going to need you to come in because some marketing exec at Sony decided it would be cute to drop these tickets at midnight on Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday. Like I would be so hacked off if I worked for one of these companies as as co- consumers. It was not a fun process. It cannot be fun for these companies. Why they didn't release these. First of all, don't tell us ahead of time to like help save the crush and B even if you do like do it two o'clock on a Thursday or like noon on a Tuesday afternoon, but at the same people time are I available. See, yeah. But I, I see where Sony's coming from, right? Because they pretty much wrote the pull quotes for themselves, right. About how they crashed everything. And yeah. And there was so much demand and, and all this stuff. I would assume it's going to break all sorts of pre-sale records. Right. I can't remember a time the sites all crashed like that. Probably episode. Probably seven, it, right? no in game. Everything crashed. Was it? Yeah, yeah, in-game everything uh-huh. crashed. And I mean, I think the lack of the worldwide market, I think uh, I think the fact that it was at midnight probably slowed everything down. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were people that woke up this morning. Yeah, I mean, then again, everybody had warnings. So who knows? Because like in-game wasn't, no, there was warning. We knew when in-game, t- y'all knew mm-hmm. when in-game tickets were going on sale. I was oblivious. Um I always forget what everyone knows and what I know because Adam tells me. <laughs> well, no, we, uh, yeah, I think it was public and I just, yeah. or, or it was assumed to be a certain time. I don't know. Anyways. Um, but I do remember a lot of things crashing in game tickets were released. Yeah. So, I mean, I were, I'm not sure if it's in game level box office, but I mean, it's, 
probably biggest of the year, you know, mm-hmm. biggest of the pandemic oh, era. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah. We haven't well, thanks to else. Charlie Cox, perhaps. I mean, is it Save Daredevil that crashed everything? Maybe I'll work Did that in. Save Daredevil crash the internet? Are we are we that Ad, big? Adam's gonna write an article with that title, whether they did or not. <laughs> it's it's already in the back. Do end, it, right? Adam. We started it right before here. Happy birthday! Do it. Yes, it's the Safe Daredevil. We're recording this on the Safe Daredevil birthday. It's the three year anniversary. Oh. I remember Daredevil. we were also recording a podcast three years ago today. We That's were. true. We were all like, maybe uh, while we're recording today, they'll announce that he's back. Like. Give us that spoiler right now. Who knows? Because they are revealing all sorts of stuff. I don't think (laughs) Miss Pascal is supposed to be revealing at the moment. So we should (laughs) get to that next. Amy Pascal was talking to Fandango and she basically said, yes, there's going to be another Tom Holland MCU trilogy and we're already planning it and it's all happening. And it felt a lot like when she made those weird comments around homecoming about how the mm-hmm. Spidey universe was in the MCU and Feige was next to her, like choking on his own larynx, you know, like, um, ex- um, uh, well, uh, right. and immediately they have reached out and Sony execs have been like, well, um, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. What? I mean, is this just Pascal just not knowing what she's talking about or so. is she just ahead of herself? What do you I think? I think if, if we had the video or like audio transcript of the phone call, I think we would all have a different viewing of that. Cause I posted something and the stands really got on my ass about, no, she said Spider-Man or Tom Holland has another trilogy coming, but she combined like three different thoughts into that one sentence. She stopped and said, no, Tom's coming back for at least the next movie. And she's like, well, we worked on this past one as a trilogy, so we're working on this next one as a trilogy. But it doesn't really say Tom Holland is coming back for a trilogy. It's just worded really weird. Um, I mean, she keep in mind, she's no longer at Sony. She is an independent producer with these Spider-Man films. So I don't think she... She hasn't been at Sony since even before Homecoming was released. Um, but somehow so she not, contractually has to be involved. Is that right? Something like that. I don't know how you know Avier is still involved. Whatever. Um, so I mean, but if we go back and we look at that past quote about like you know it being part of the Sony, the Sony universe being connected to the Marvel universe or whatever it was, it's turning out that that's true. But it probably wasn't ink on paper at the time. Like it was probably a little bit more her putting out there what she wanted of it. And I mean, I I think, you know, and it happened. I mean, like we're, we're seeing these universes connected. So my guess is, yeah, when we look back on this two years down the road, it's going to be something that maybe hit some rocky bumps and maybe Holland is or isn't isn't in it maybe it is or isn't three more movies but i feel like she's kind of putting out the wish fulfillment like if i go out there and they see all the excitement with all of this then marvel will have to make the deal with sony or sony will have to make the deal with marvel and we'll make it happen Hmm. yeah so this doesn't happen in our household but it would be as if my wife talked to my kids and said hey we're gonna go out for dinner and then i think your dad's taking you out for ice cream afterwards well, yeah. once she says it, we're going out for ice cream, right? Like <laughs> she has created the uh, environment in which without me getting lynched by four little girls, I cannot like not go for ice cream at this point. And I kind of feel like she's pulled that a couple times now where she speaks yeah. the things she desires to happen out there. And Marvel's like, well, gosh, we got to kind of have to do this right. now, you know? I'm not even sure if producers can get reprimanded, but I mean, like she said, she, who, who's she going to get in trouble with? She can't, I mean, she I mean, I'm sure answer to Feige Kevin holds Feige. something over her. Like, maybe. I forget which one of them threw a sandwich at the other one. Wasn't that she a story? Threw a sandwich at him. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Or I something, am. allegedly. I, that's I, the, it's just so weird because Holland's been like, said has said numerous times he doesn't want to be spider-man forever and he says he if what his exact quote was if i'm playing spider-man when i'm 30 something went wrong and he's like 24 25 and a trilogy would take him to 30 well something went real wrong real fast trilogy isn't forever and 
like I said, she's putting it out there. It's not ink on paper. I, I mean, I would put money down that it, there's no ink on paper for this trilogy, mm. that it is just something they have talked about, theorized, thrown at the wall, and she's saying this to make it happen. I mean, if, if I was just to blindly speculate, the way you do this is you get Tom for three more with the understanding that his involvement um, tapers at the end. And you do a new trilogy that's a handoff trilogy that starts as just Peter and then you bring in Miles and then you make it to where the third film is more of a Miles film. Mm-hmm. And then you launch a third trilogy for Miles off the back of that. And to I me, would, that makes a lot of sense. I would say you can start that right now. Start it start with Spider-Man 4. I mean, do the do the combo. How do you get it? You can't, it's impossible to they're doing they're essentially doing Sinister Six right now, right? This is Sony's Avenger Endgame. So what? What do you, I know? You shouldn't. The Russos always said you shouldn't aim for for a bigger movie. But I mean, we've seen when No Way Home comes out, we will have seen eight solo Spider-Man movies, nine accounting Spider-Verse. You know, and doing Miles Morales would be the freshest thing they could do with the franchise. So why not like, you know, already thrust him into that Tony Stark role for like four and five and then give Miles six and probably a new trilogy after that. Yeah, I mean, Tom can pop in and do cameos forever, even when he's off running his low rent apartment complex. Right. And, you know, all of that retirement plan that he talked about this week, like he can still pop in for the occasional cameo. Yeah. Peter Parker's not even Spider-Man in the Marvel comics at the moment either. So and when he says stuff about like if i'm still doing this when i'm 30 something's gone wrong i I believe i also remember daniel craig saying i would rather put my fist through a like glass table than play james bond one more time and then like two weeks later he signed a contract to be james bond again like there's enough money to get people to change their mind about these things certainly so, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Look, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield come back or coming back to their roles after 10 years and eight years or whatever, 15 years and 10 years. So, wilder things have happened, but yeah. So, I, think I, I, I wouldn't, I'll say, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Miles in No Way Home. Oh, I wouldn't either. If that's like a big surprise yeah. or big reveal. Yeah. I hope there's a big reveal like that, that like totally hasn't leaked at all. It would bum me out if Donald Glover never shows up again. Like, what a waste of Donald Glover in the MCU if you're not right? going with him. In any Marvel things, let's announce or involve Donald Glover in five different forms and not do a single thing with him. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the trailer. I mean, we never have the three of us. I'm sure it's been picked apart a million times. To me, the trailer very much was smart and then it went the villain route and... <laughs> kind of did some villain conf- confirmations and let us see some characters that we kind of knew were coming anyway. Um, it seems like we have five, you know, one from each of the previous movies. We've got Sandman, we've got Lizard, we've got Electro, we've got Doc Ock, we've got Green Goblin. Uh, it seems like some of them are getting punched by things that have been potentially paintbrushed out of the trailer, which was uh an odd choice from mysterio Marvel. confirmed <laughs> it was so funny when i saw it one of my kids was like what Wait, if that's miles morales in invisible mode <laughs> i was like what hey. if it's mephisto <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways i mean what did you guys think to me that trailer i don't know it it, it upped the ante like it made it this big event it's kind of it's making me nervous. There's so much in this movie. I'm a little worried about it getting too big, but what are you gonna do? I don't know. I love the trailer. I'm not sure if I lived up to the hype, but you know this this movie has just been one big old hype machine. I haven't liked Spider-Man the way it is, so um, I love the Electro look. It looks great. Um, what else? I forgot what all the trailers about. I have work calling me. I have to hop off real quick. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, 
I think Doctor the big- Strange is apparently the villain or something. See, so I'm convinced. I'm pretty sure Doc Ock is going to be completely removed for the movie, or at least on the back burner by the second act. I think he's probably like the one to come through first, and uh, he's just red hair, and I don't think he's going to be involved in the final fight at all, or or any of that. Yeah, he certainly did seem to be a little more like friendly doc ock or doc Mm -hmm. ock that can be helpful like because it's weird that he's got a scene that seemed to be with mj and ned as well you know like just hanging out with them right so and i've seen the other theory that that scene is not even with doc ock and they're standing uh opposite one of the other peter parkers and that's why they're kind of um confused at the naming or, or something like that oh okay because, I mean, all things considered, Otto Octavius isn't necessarily too out of line. Yeah. Even we have a character named, like, Captain Marvel after Marvel, you know. I think the thing that makes... The thing I thought was most interesting about the trailer that was new is this idea that Strange says, like, oh, these guys were going to die fighting Spider-Man, so we have to let them die. Which fits what we'd already kind of heard about, like, Oh, how does Dr. Octopus show up if he was about to die last time we saw him in his movie? Like that all lines up. And the inherent tension between someone like Strange saying, hey, this is a multiversal threat. We've got to get our hands dirty. And Spidey being like, no, I'm not going to kill somebody. Like to me, that is a natural, logical tension between characters that will be an interesting thing for the movie to explore, you know? yeah it'll be it'll be interesting they changed they've already changed some of the visual effects they changed the train chase um and they changed the one time where where strangers talking where he either says they're starting to come through or something during the teaser it looked like he was in his basement but now it looks like he's at the statue of liberty or whatever yeah um so we'll see. It's super interesting. And then they confirmed that they did uh, change a lot of the plot as the movie was filming because Doctor Strange was delayed and it was supposed to come afterwards. Yeah. Um, Which so we'll we see. talked, I mean, we said that at the time. I remember tweeting yeah. about it at the time and Mr. Know-it-all people were like, yeah, well, Marvel knows what they're doing, blah, 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 blah. Like, you can't change up the order of the releases on the, the date and that not cause some trouble. Come on. Right. Uh, Twitter, man. Marvel, Marvel flat out says they changed the script on the day the day of filming and stuff. They're not doing two months of reshoots um, and not changing Doctor Strange 2 substantially, you know? Yeah. It's, it's whatever, you know? I mean, that's that's why they do test screenings and stuff. And that's why Marvel movies are so good because they listen to people and they give people what they want and then they put more, they put their money where their mouth is to film more if need be. You know, that's the whole idea behind reshoots anyways. Yeah. But we'll see, I, man. It's, I don't, it's, I hate, I mean, after Eternals, I, I, my whole thoughts on movies have changed. You know, it's like, well, Eternals shoved a lot of stuff in there. So, I mean, I have no reason to believe No Way Home can't just pack it to the brim with yeah. all this stuff. And I'm not convinced they're the same villains, you know, that type, that type of stuff, too. I mean, oh, yeah. if they're just variants, but, uh, you know, what, you know, then that opens up a whole other can of, of stuff. And um, I, I'm totally with you. I think more and more we have to think about timelines as like, there's clusters of timelines where like like there's major divergent points in timelines and then around that major divergence there's multiple versions so the idea that like jamie fox electro spider-man like there's a cluster of universes where jamie fox is one of them Mm -hmm. and we saw one of them in amazing spider-man 2 and we saw just a slightly different version here and that's why he looks like aesthetically different I don't know why Feige wouldn't do that because it just gives him more room. Like that makes him not be beholden to whatever happened in the previous movies. Right. Which in turns means Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would also take, uh, not they wouldn't have to be different versions, but it would also help them, you know, but well, I mean, 
we'll see with the variants the variants can look identical or they can look completely i mean that's that's kind of why they did that you know we knew the x-men and fantastic four were coming on so maybe they plan on recasting some of the same x-men especially those younger actors you know well and we've already seen it in loki the vote loki loki looks a lot like our our loki and alligator loki looks nothing like loki and so the idea that like the idea that a variant can be vastly different or just a little different, it just gives them all the room in the world that there's like a family of universes that are Andrew Garfield, Jamie Fox, Lizard universes. And we're picking these villains out of ones that are slightly different than Amazing Spider-Man, but close to Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, there's just there's no reason not to give them that. I would not be surprised if they don't address the timeline multiverse ever again. I I just won't, I won't be surprised. I, I, they'll just, they'll say they did it. And now they'll just be other versions of people that pop up because they say, Hey, we introduced the multiverse. You know, this is, this is a variant. We don't want you to think about how this variant came to be or anything like that. Yeah. This is a variant. You don't need to think about it anymore. The real test for that will be since Michael Waldron was brought into Dr. Strange, will he be able to hold back from building on his own, you know, mythos or whatever. And apparently he's still running the room to heal season two. In addition to writing a star Wars movie. So he's quite the busy man, busy guy. Of course, then again, um, I always get the name, right. Is it, David Callaham, who helped write mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Yeah. He wrote like Wonder Woman 84 and Shang-Chi and like two other things all at the same time, I feel like. So I wonder how much work do you have to do like a full draft to get credits? Can you just come in and do a couple pages? <laughs> Rhiannon says no. no. Sorry, I was I was trying to like multitask with this work conversation. You're good. But um uh, but I hung up on them. Uh, no, the the WGA actually has very strict stuff on who gets the story mm-hmm. credit and the written by. Um, like if you did a draft and somebody else does a draft and they change three pages, it actually would go to WGA and they would they would determine who gets writing credit. <laughs> I mean, like three pages, you're not going to get it. What a but... pedantic job. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they have like committees and stuff that do this. Like, it's a whole part of it. But that's why sometimes, like, an early poster comes out and it sometimes the posters change. Like, an early poster may come out when they haven't officially determined who the writer for the project is. Yeah. Rhiannon, we're, we're, I mean, we've talked mostly about the trailer, about what we can. Uh, There was no Daredevil clues, I feel like, in that trailer. I don't think you expected them. I mean, I'm always ready for them, but um, yeah. 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 It, it was an enjoyable trailer, but you know, at this point, I just want the movie. <laughs> like, now, now, we were talking some about variants. Is it your expectation that we will get a Matt Murdock that looks like Charlie Cox, but is not explicitly exactly the Netflix Charlie Cox? but a somewhat Netflixian version of Matt Murdock. Like how, 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 what are the expectations do you feel like as far as how tightly it's going to connect to the Netflix stuff? Um, I mean, I think I personally am emotionally prepared for it to be a soft reboot where it is, you know, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. He's an attorney. He's daredevil. Um, he has some sort of history with Fisk and some sort of history with, you know, like crime in the city, you know, like, like some sort of emotional background similar to what we've met, but has he specifically fought the hand on a rooftop and seen his mentor die and seen his lover die and come back and been buried under a building? No. Um, I mean, I I feel like we could see them reference any of those. I feel like um, we could see pieces of any of those um but it i don't expect it to be the exact same thing um i actually was saved daredevil we actually did a po- i don't know if it's out or yet but out yet or not but we did a podcast about what would a soft reboot mean like specifically because you don't see soft reboot in tvs or movies um except maybe movies with like the james bond series or something like that 
but um yeah like I expect it to be very similar in personality and background but not specifically the same there'll be no point where he meets Shang-Chi and he's like oh I can tell you where I can find some dragon bones (laughs) right right yeah yeah there will be I I mean I would just put money right now on no mentions of dragon bones ever again in the MCU yeah underneath New York City or whatever yeah oh my god if they did reference it can you guys just imagine if they really did decide to tie that in like if at some point they really do just tie that there's dragon bones Adam, I don't even trust that look you just gave me. Like, what? No, I, I'm just remembering that I totally blew off that prop store auction, and the, the case of Dragon Bones went for an absurdly cheap price. I think like uh, two hundred bucks. Were oh you gonna God. build a Dragon Bone lair? I don't know. I would key. I would use that case as a coffee table. <laughs> just be like, guess what's in this baby? You will never guess. Oh, that's funny. Straight from the underworld of Queens or Brooklyn or Manhattan, right? Manhattan's where the dragon bones were. Yeah. 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 So who knows? You know, maybe those will pop up on uh, the internet sometime. Since the rest of the Iron Fist props have. But do you have an alert set up to get dragon bones? I do. I have an eBay alert. That's awesome. Just set up every time something's listed and. Awesome. Harold Meacham's whole wardrobe <laughs> is on eBay right now. As, as long with, I don't even know where all my stuff is. I haven't unpacked it after the move, but maybe someone's done it. All right. Does that do it for Spidey Talk? Okay. Let's talk about Hawkeye. Rihanna, I kind of want to start with you. I feel like you had high expectations. Uh, you're probably more of a Kate Barton fan than any of us. Uh, there are the echo the hopes about echo and some of those other things uh you were really excited about hawkeye with the hearing aid so like i don't know generally how did you feel about those first two episodes of hawkeye first it's kate bishop she's not related to barton um yeah that was yeah my brain misfired i was like that sounds right but it sounds wrong yeah um no um i i feel like they were a nice solid first two man i have lowered my expectations so much uh and i even like dug a little hole and put them deeper just going into this trying to trying to set my expectations so that i can enjoy it um which i feel really bad about because i now have friends that are like i your complete lack of excitement is keeping me from being excited so um i'm I'm trying to get back up um these first two episodes i i feel like they were a great start um i uh, just like everybody said like Haley is great um i it, it was really funny like in the flashback scenes at the very very beginning of the first episode i was like that's not Kate's family. That's not how they live. Her mother is supposed to be so much more pretentious. And then like when they fast forwarded, her mother became pretentious and like, and I was like, okay, all right, this is, this is much better. Um, so like they were fixing things that I had issues with as we went along. Uh, you know, the hearing aids, I think they played them in really well. I, I think they gave the background on, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, Clint's been in a lot of explosions. His hearing's gone. That's fine. Um, you know, I have I have hopes that that'll go other places. I mean, we know from the previews that we've seen, the trailers that we've seen that that because I finally did go back and watch all of those. Um, we know more more is going to come of that. Um, I love the tracksuit mafia. I mean, they were exactly what the tracksuit mafia should be. I, I know people were like, "Oh man, I hope they cut it with the bros," and I'm like, "Just just keep with it, bro. Just." bro on bros um like the ridiculousness of it is what it's supposed to be so i i i'm enjoying that i'm enjoying i i've just decided i just i'm i'm trying to ride along and just not dwell on the fact that renner is not hawkeye like we're in this fraction hawkeye run and this renner hawkeye is not hawkeye um and I've set such a hard time getting beyond that, but I'm trying, I'm trying very hard and, and I'm enjoying so much of the other stuff. Like if the rest of it was absurd, I would just be out. I would just be like, sorry guys, you know, go on. Um, 
but so much of it right now is just really good and I'm in and, and excited to see what we have to come. It's funny. I totally appreciate what you're saying about this Hawkeye being so different for the first time though, like Hawkeye, the dad Avenger has clicked for me, like seeing him with his kids and as a 30 something dad, I'm like, Oh, I like this character a lot more than I've ever liked him before. Like there is something about like trying to get your kids to not make a mess at a Chinese restaurant. Like there's something very, um, very bonding to me to this character of seeing him like do the dad thing and like, Oh, I need to make it home. So I don't miss too much of Christmas and I can't let the kids down, but I also have to take care of my responsibilities. Like, for me, that is functioning very well and I'm loving it. Like it's making me enjoy Hawkeye more than I ever have because he feels relatable. I think that's kind of enjoyable for me on that side. So sure. But it's not Hawkeye. I right. mean, it's a dad character, a dad Avenger character. Yeah. In all of this world. And and I'm yeah, that's great. But Hawkeye is the single dude in New York City that lives on coffee and pizza or whatever. And yeah, yeah. You know, like he's not a dad. Yeah. But. Certainly 6161, uh, 616 version is not. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, what are you thinking so far about Hawkeye? My favorite start of any of the Disney Plus shows. After the multiversal stuff with Loki, after what if and after WandaVision, you know, it's it's what exactly what marvel needed to do right now obviously uh christmas time is my favorite time of the year so that is a heavy bias with the show um the hawkeye comic series is one of my favorites as well um so that factors into it mightily it is a pretty close adaptation i think Uh, especially the, the dynamic between the two um i was uh more comforted once i saw that it was most certainly kate's show and clint's just kind of there um and i think obviously we're at a third of the way done with the series and i think that thread is going to um continue especially as we uh see who the the villains are the antagonists are i mean it, we we've heard the kingpin rumors it i mean it's as clear as day how how all that stuff comes into play um I mean, that auction was taken straight from the comic book. Um, what was it? They explained that the Ronin also cleared out the underworld for, for New York City during the five years. Um, it's so, I mean, there is layer and depth, you know, and that, that little world building, you know, it's not making um, the MCU necessarily larger, but it is making it deeper as you know you you don't get a character like the kingpin or tombstone or hammerhead or madam mask or um what was the italian lady from daredevil i can't remember you know you don't get the mafia or whoever that was you know without without laying that groundwork yeah especially with something like kingpin i mean you have to you know, set the foundation for how someone can get to that point and do the things that they are and have the pole and all that stuff. Um, and having it tied into Ronan and all that stuff is um, certainly a, a fantastic way to go. It's super organic. And I do like they, they are addressing how problematic, you know, having Ronan mow down a bunch of Yakuza um gang members was and they seem to be addressing that in the show um but we'll see man like i said we're already a third of the way done it's um current rumors say the next two episodes are really really short like 35 to 40 minutes each um so 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 we'll see where where it goes it does i didn't think about it till you said it adam but it does feel like they're using ronin and the blip kind of the way the netflix shows use the battle of new york right like hey this is an event that's in the universe that creates a vacuum so that you have this new gang war popping up and And then they're using they're using building the tension and then revealing who the big bad is just like i mean yeah 
I that, that opening scene, I'm like, oh, the incident. I'm like, where's Jessica? Right? Are all right. Jessica's clients going to be around here somewhere? Are they okay. down there on the street? Totally random aside, the hallway for Kate's aunt's apartment feels like the hallway for Jessica. The Jones's whole apartment. apartment does the like the layout of the apartment because the kitchen is in the sit right off of the office. And the office is like that teal color. I uh, I text uh, Villanueva this. I'm like, did they use the same set as Jessica Jones? <laughs> because the apartments look almost identical. But then I realized, you know, there's probably that might be a recurring theme in that style of New York apartment. Yeah, they didn't look alike to me at all. Not the hallway. So I, no, I didn't notice the apartment. The hallway to me. The hallway. Similar. I'll go back and look at the hallway, but. It didn't like immediately trigger anything, but that is a very, very standard New York City hallway. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for Malcolm's head to pop out, you know, like, <laughs> see, that's the type of stuff I would love to see. Just little. So everyone keeps saying, you know, Rob Morgan's Hollywood star is rising. So I'm back aboard the Turk Barrett train. <laughs> so one, Rob Morgan the- deserves to be way more than Turk Barrett to the MCU. Like, he deserves a real role in Blade. Like, give him, you know, give him a star role. Um, but if they're not going to bring me Turk Barrett, oh, didn't aren't you the one that wanted Turk Barrett to be Stiltman? Give him, just make that come to fruition. That wasn't and me, but I like it. I thought that was you. I thought you were like, make Turk Barrett Stiltman. Daredevil one, the movie, or Daredevil season one. Yeah, Stiltman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would love Turk Barrett to evolve. Uh, yeah, if you're going to make Rob Morgan Turk Barrett. Oh, sorry, words. If you're going to make Rob Morgan Turk Barrett, yeah, do it because you're evolving him into something huge. But, you know, one of the cool things in the comics was Turk Barrett changed how he looked. He was all different races. He was, or I don't know, all different races. He was at least two different races and, you know, just completely different. It was just, you know, whatever random character drawn and called Turk. He so. did also wield an infinity gem as yeah. of two years ago. So who knows? Maybe wow. Maybe he's Thanos 2.0 in the MCO. So one of the things I've loved about this show, because we've talked about it so much, is that they really have not felt the need to make the stakes of this insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've done we've done four Disney Plus shows. And there was like the whole military camped outside of this whole anomaly in the hex with WandaVision, geopolitical intrigue with Falcon the Winter Soldier going all over the world, then literally moving to the end of time and Loki, and then all the multiversal mess with what if. Having a show that's like, oh no, this is about crime bosses and New York City and, you know, Hawkeye's past and him getting home for Christmas. I just, I love that it's finally, this is the thing that as a show we have asked from Black Widow and some other things, it is refreshing that finally something is just scaled down and doesn't have to be, you know, somebody's, you know, after world leaders or wants to destroy the planet. Like it's just a murder mystery and that's enough. Yeah. And I hope they keep it there. I mean, you know. Well, they Keep are pro, so we know at least one more show, right? With Echo. What? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying with Hawkeye. I mean, we're oh. only one third of the way through, so I hope right. the stakes stay got grounded. <laughs> now, the introduction of Echo, I, the soundtrack and the way it was, like, it was, it was great. I don't know how, but in 30 seconds, you're like, oh, she should not be messed with, like, very that well. One little flick of the fingers was mm. quite one- lovely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, so we still have to get Yelena, right? Yelena's for sure mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Everything else is kind of rumored. Yeah. But. Well, so. but. Never mind. I think we can assume because our, our yeah, I think we can just you know we can. Um, I think at this point, an appearance by Contessa Allegra de Fontaine, like we have to see Julia uh, Louis drive. I think 
I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I would be very saddened if I did not see her show back up at some point in this thing. Yeah. All right, I want to do, I do want to talk a little bit theories. Um, so my main theory, I feel like this is very obvious, maybe too obvious to be true. Hates dad's alive, right? I think so. <laughs> That's the thing that like Armand was like, like talking to her mom about was they were about to run out of money and then the attack on New York happened and they thought if we fake his death, we'll get his life insurance money and that'll keep us from having to sell the penthouse. And so mom helped them fake the dad's death because she was ready to get divorced from him anyway. And he's been living on the lamb since that is, it seems like the most obvious way this goes. I think she's going to turn heel and it's revealed that he survived the attack, but she ended up killing him for the same reasons. I don't know, life oh. or control of the company or whatever. And that cements her as the, the villain. So there's like a scene where she walks in and he's like lying on the floor and she just takes a big old rock and like crushes him. <laughs> Maybe that or some other time. I mean, she said herself that she has friends in high places or whatever, right? Both her and Armand. Armand the third. I'm not making any speculations that deep. I did write a piece how Hawkeye leads to Magus in the Universal Church of Truth. So maybe oh. <laughs> speaking of making stuff much bigger than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to ride the ride and not think at all about where it's going. Except for if there's some sort of criminal kingpin behind it all. Yeah. God, what a, I, I'd poop myself. They have set up too. I mean, there are lots of people who could want to kill Armand, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, they've done a good job. They've got the whodunit that could be anybody, really. Let's. The, the, this show has Marvel TV written all over it, right? Between the street level stuff, it has no frills. Making Jack Duquesne a sword collector as the swordsman is the most Marvel television thing Studios has ever done. <laughs> Just simply make him a sword collector, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we get a throwback. I don't think there's any connection between him and Clint in the series, right? Unlike the comics. Probably not, I wouldn't think. So I also think the likelihood that someday he'll date Mantis seems very low on the uh, probability list as well. Maybe. He is kind of a, a schmoozer. He is kind of a... Uh, um, I'm curious, did you guys, the only other thing that comes to my mind, uh, have you enjoyed the lightheartedness of it? Like the whole LARPing thing? Like, is that just a distraction or did you find it fun and charming to kind of go down that rabbit hole? For me, I, I did not enjoy it just from a like secondhand embarrassment point of view. Like I, I mean, I feel like in the end, like it was a fine little side jaunt for Clint and, and it was fun and all of that, but I kept expecting them to make fun of the LARPers. I kept, you know, I kept expecting it to go in a cringy direction and it didn't go there, but I, I couldn't enjoy it because I kept expecting it to go very cringy. Yeah. LARP shaming. If that makes sense. Like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that a real thing where most like, like New York policemen and fire department are LARPers? Like, is that an actual uh, inspiration from, or I'll, I'll ask at the next meeting, I'll ask. but um, no, not that I know. There were a couple points and it, it didn't ruin it for me. There are some tenuous plot things that bugged me a little, like at the end of the first episode, when Clint finds Kate, how, you know, like he saw a news report that's like, hey, someone's running around like Ronan. And he's like, oh, I'll just go out and look around the corner and maybe I'll find someone in New York City. Like, I'll just look around Manhattan. It's not that big. And maybe I'll come across somebody in a suit. Like, and then the idea that like the fire truck would just happen to have a sticker on it and that would just happen to like lead him to be able to find a TikTok of a LARPer that stole his. Like, there was just some of those things that. 
that felt like connective tissue that helped drive the story, but was very tenuous in real life that that would work that way. Uh, Well, that stuff in the superhero type stuff. I mean, Kate can look up anyone's phone and see their location, right? Well, and also, I mean, okay, so but let's take this the other direction and something sort of they kind of insinuate like he kind of acts like that suit is magic. Like it's not like it if you wear that suit, people are going to come after you because they're going to think you're a bad person. It's kind of like that suit is dangerous. Like he knew it survived the fire, that even if the whole apartment burned down, the suit was going to be there was kind of the feeling that I got, (laughs) Um, you know, like like maybe it's been enchanted by dragon bones, Rhiannon. (laughs) Maybe it's an enchanted suit. Um, I mean, that's sort of the impression I'm getting. Yeah. Is that there's more to the suit than just that there's a risk because some people hate you for it. I think I think there's some danger from the actual suit. Yeah. I also love the idea that um that Kate can put it on and her frame <laughs> doesn't obviously look different to someone than uh, Jeremy Renner's frame, you know, like that they looked at me like yeah. oh, he's back. Guys that is clearly a gorgeous woman inside of this, like, you know, like ninja suit. What, what, what is going on here? <laughs> I mean, Clint Barton, one gorgeous woman. Clint is pretty. Uh, um, what happens if the danger is now Kate has shows up in episode three with a really gross Mohawk. That is very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> the suit makes you cut your hair that ridiculous. Yeah, it's like the mask, <laughs> but when you take the mask off, you have a Mohawk. that's funny um so yeah it's gonna be super um grills they totally changed up grills but anyone who's read the comic knows um the proverbial crap's gonna hit the fans in episode three with grills i would assume it's episode three right since he's already worn the suit um i don't know now do you think because echo has been ronin in the comics mm-hmm. you think they're gonna find a way to get echo in that ronin suit uh, there were i don't i know you guys don't like talking leaks but there were like the consumer products leaks and there was um a a, a woman in the the clothes but now maybe that's Haley steinfeld mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah, I mean, there were a lot of rumors that we would see Echo in the clothes that that she would be the one that shows up in the Ronin suit, but now we know that it was Kate in the Roman Ronin suit. So, um, I could see. I mean, here's what I think. I think, you know, Echo is working for somebody. I mean, in the comics, it's that her father was killed by King by. Mm-hmm. Somebody Kingpin told her it was Daredevil, and so she was going after Daredevil as a villain until she learned the Kingpin was lying to her, and then she teamed up with Daredevil and went after Kingpin. If I'm getting all that right, right? Anybody? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something like that. So I think we're gonna have similar thing here. You know, Echo is working for somebody because they probably told her that Hawkeye killed her father or was associated with killing her father. And she's going to go after Hawkeye. Hawkeye is going to clear the air and be like, no, you know, this person was a very bad person. She's going to end up teaming with Hawkeye and going the other direction. Maybe through that process in her anger, she, she throws on that Ronin suit for, for a scene or something. Yeah. In that, in that anger redirection. Yeah. I had a working theory very similar to yours, Rian. I'm assuming, I'm guessing, and within the MCU, Wilson Fisk has been known to the Avengers, right? Because who's who else's watch did they break into the auction for? Is there a way the Avengers had his watch at the compound for like evidence or something? Yeah, I don't. I I do have one more theory along this line. I think Fisk is who bought the tower from Tony Stark. Really really because it's very intentional and you have to kind of know the geography of the mcu avengers tower is right above grand central and they very purposefully when kate comes into town they did a shot where they like start at the roof line of grand central and then came down to kate leaving Mm -hmm. the train station they shot it so that you 
it cut off exactly where you'd start to see what was Avengers Tower. And then later on, she goes, can we go to Avengers Tower? And he goes, oh, no, Tony sold that years ago. Yeah. I think they are seeding it for a reveal that it is Fisk Tower now. Hmm. That would be interesting. Could you imagine that name drop the Fisk Tower and then they do like a camera pan up like the next shot is the camera pan up to him like sitting in a chair or something? Is that how it's going to go down? Oh, somebody says the name and then it's just like him like in that room that was like the Avengers like hangout party place in Ultron. And it's just him staring out the window and his reflection in the window. Just just chilling, just vibing. To be clear, we've not heard this. If this actually happens, we're brilliant. Not not spoilers. No, but I, no, I like that. But then I don't know. Everyone goes Baxter and all that stuff. But I always thought that was kind of shoehorned because those are the two buildings everyone knows. Well, and I was about to say, I think that's why like it would be so shocking for some people is that everybody is sort of assumed that it's Osborne or Baxter. Yeah. So that would be a nice twist. And for the people that never heard that leak, that would be an even bigger twist. Uh If you had no reason to think that Fisk was going to be in this. I mean, there's one particular person on Twitter that I would just love to see a live reaction if they do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So So I feel like we got a good start. You know, like this has been, it's been an enjoyable show. And um, I, I do love... You know, people talk about Marvel like it's all the same. I feel like these Disney Plus shows have been very different as far as the kinds of shows they are. Like you can complain about a lot of stuff, but none of these Disney Plus shows have felt like the same genre. In part because like WandaVision, what genre is that show even at all? You know, right. Right. it is interesting. I, I, there is, I mean, I don't mean to say like trauma is just one note or something, but there are certain parallels between her and clint at least yeah um using their trauma to become a villain um so so we'll see it appears hawkeye might actually resolve it within the show or they're at least addressing it whereas wanda ends as like peace you know yeah it'll be meaningful if him and yelena have like a good conversation that helps them both come to like grips or whatever. Right. Is that all it's going to take? Like, I don't just, know. Those, I don't think they want like Feige doesn't want Elena to come to grips though. Right. Like I feel like they're building up towards a Thunderbolts thing. Like they can't have her happy with, with Clint again. I feel like, but right. uh, there there'll be like a skirmish and then she kind of goes away or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I was thinking about was, Rhiannon, and I agree with you that you thought Echo might like turn later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other day I was like, well, that has to happen because they're giving her a show. So she can't be a bad guy by the time she gets a show. And I was like, well, Agatha's getting a show and she really didn't mm-hmm. turn. So maybe not. I would almost rather them not do that. And it like the Echo show just be like her running a criminal underworld, you know? That would be awesome. I, I would be down for the Echo running it. And, and I mean, I think like, yeah. Have we podcasted since the the like official announcement since the Disney Plus day? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we did okay. Disney Plus day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's just everybody trying to look into the logo for her show that it like looks like open plains. Like they might go and and explore her her native roots or something like that. But yeah, I would love it to be her running a criminal under, yeah, just, yeah. Give it yeah. to me. I mean, you could do both. You can also, you can do the, the criminal kingpin type stuff. There's criminal kingpins in the Midwest, guys. Dude, have you, wa- you have not watched Reservation Dogs. I mean, it's already been I done. I was about to say, like, set her up in like, I don't know, Oklahoma or Dakota or something. Just like almost Again. like a breaking bad like small town criminal enterprise kind of thing that could be yeah it's like Ozark, reservation right? dogs already run into right. the indian mafia you guys there we go. I know. that's at the top of my list yeah yeah you need to well i don't know i don't know if anybody needs to watch it i lived in oklahoma and worked with the indian health service so i had to watch it because i just wanted to see where it went but um other people may also enjoy it 
Villanueva enjoyed it. He said it was one of his like top shows. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean like Echo going into, I cannot see Echo on reservation dogs at this point, but we've only seen her for like 10 seconds. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, The other thing I thought I should mention quickly, I did watch one episode of hit monkey before my vacation. (gasps) It's shockingly good. Like the first episode of hit monkey is like, you guys know that I'm the last guy for like, oh, super violent cursing show. Yeah. But like it had enough story and enough like character depth to it that, okay, I'm all right for, I actually care about this monkey. Like I was very impressed. Now, that being said, I watched it like 10 or 11 days ago and have not bothered to go back to it. But the first episode I liked. I keep hearing nothing but good things and keep completely forgetting it exists. It's, it's wild. And it has one of the biggest stars on television right yeah. now. And no one even cares. I mean, Jason, come on, man. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis. But nope. it, it got buried in the... I mean, like, well, this show is an example. We talked a ton about Spidey and a ton about Hawkeye. And we buried hit monkey in between those two gigantic things and that's totally what's happening to it on streaming and the marvel yeah. television podcast buried marvel television's last show Rip. <laughs> uh jordan bloom said he's starting a new writer's room today which may or may not be modok season two he deleted the tweet but uh oh. and he didn't text me back so i don't know what's going on so modok season two may or may not be in the works i don't need a modok season two but if they do it that's fine uh, let me quickly do some mailbag. Uh, Dave, uh, I was just talking about the Inhumans comment about Inhumans burning the bridge. Um, and just that they couldn't do it because people would connect things to Hawaii and the MCU. Uh, Love Waffle said, can you really blame test audiences for not understanding how the multiverse works when Marvel themselves don't really seem to understand it? And you're correct. Nobody seems to understand I am waiting. My mom has been rewatching the MCU as our, our daughter does as well. And I'm just waiting for the phone call about Loki episode six. Like now what, 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 huh? How does this work? (laughs) All right, cool. You guys got anything else? Nothing for me. Just looking forward to see. I'm setting high hopes for Hawkeye now. I'm trying, I'm trying to be positive about it. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, if they nail this, then I will be the biggest, I, I will be shouting about how much I love this series and how they finally got it right. Well, yeah, because our our internal dialogue, you know, you guys both said, Oh, I love it. And my response was, Yeah, but you'll both hate it by episode six. You know, like yeah. that was kind of that's the way I feel like it's gone throughout these shows. Yeah. So but at least this show doesn't have as far to fall, right? I mean, it's already starting small and microscopic and it's already down there. Like, what's there left to resolve? Exactly? I almost, my worry is that they will increase the stakes. Hmm. My worry is that in the next episode, Clint will be like, yes, that suit is Shatari tech. Oh. And, you know, I had extra strength when I wore it because right. XYZ and blah, blah, blah. And it becomes a bigger deal. I, I think my biggest concern is. Right now, I have in my head the most obvious way I see the screenplays going. And if they just like do exactly what I thought they're going to do with the plot, yeah, it'd be a little disappointed. I'd be like, oh, that was kind of colored by numbers. You know, like if it was that her dad faked his death with mom and that's what Armand was into. And my guess would be that mom killed Armand, that the swordsman thing was like a, a red herring and she stole the snake. You know, she stole the sword from him and then killed Armand. If that's the way it all bakes out, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought happened after I watched the first episode, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's all I want at this point is to be surprised in a good way. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right, guys. All right. Um, as far as future podcast stuff, uh, my guess is we'll have a couple more this year. We'll do one, I assume, after Spidey, and we'll do one when Hawkeye ends. Maybe uh, I'm actually really interested to hear we've had in the end, we'll have what eight projects, three movies and five TV shows. Or is it? No, it's four movies and five. So nine. I'm kind of interested by the time the year ends to get your guys take, maybe go through and rank the things that came out this year. 
because I think I don't know what you would say. So we'll maybe do that at some point. Even okay. with what we've gotten this year, I don't feel like it's been too much. No, and that's uh, – this is another – you know, this is my other soapbox. Compared to a few years ago when they were putting out Inhumans and Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and The right. Gifted, we have less Marvel content than we did two or three years ago. It doesn't feel that way because it's all MCU stuff now, but it really is a whole lot less to watch than it was back in those days. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. We'll see you guys later.